0: everybody, and welcome to The Beauty Biz Show. Our guest today is a fellow esthetician by the name of Katie Marshall. Katie is located in Canada, and I was really excited to have her on because I think Katie joined my very first coaching program that I ever offered, and she was a newbie right out of school, and I've watched her build not only an amazing business, but she stepped into a role of leadership in Canada where they are not regulated, and she's really trying to start leading a campaign towards making some serious changes in the industry, in the Canadian beauty biz industry. They are also going through a little bit of a challenging economy right now. So we talked a bit about that. I don't know about you, but I just really like to see inside the lives of other beauty biz practitioners that are really showing up and really Owning their success and creating beautiful lives surrounding what we get to do. So stay tuned, enjoy the show. I think you're going to love Katie and her really generous type attitude that she steps forward into her beauty biz practice with. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I am a licensed esthetician, spa owner, and beauty biz industry coach, consultant, and educator. I'm so excited to share my love of all things beauty industry related with you. So I invite you to join me each week as I feature compelling interviews with industry educators and leaders and inspirational success stories from my fellow beauty biz practitioners. Stay tuned for some powerful beauty biz inspiration. Hey everybody, my name is Lori Crete and I'll be your host for the beauty biz show today. And I have with me a fellow esthetician by the name of Katie Marshall. How are you, Katie?
1: I am good, Lori.
0: How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Now you are in Canada, is that correct? Correct. Why don't you give me some weather envy? Because it is 120 degrees right now in the desert where I live.
1: It's a little bit cooler up here in <laughs> British Columbia. <laughs> so, um. So, yeah, we get, uh, we're known mostly for our rain. Um, I'm about 30 minutes outside of Vancouver. So, you know, we're known for, you can go water skiing at English Bay and then go to Whistler and go skiing up in the mountains all in the same day. You know what's weird? You
0: have been in my kind of my signature program, the Empowered Estheticians program, since the very beginning, right? Correct. And I always thought you were in the middle of Canada. Just now, am I realizing that you're on the West Coast? Correct. Now, I used to be a flight attendant, and that is one area that I never got to, but I've heard it's absolutely beautiful there.
1: It is. Um, I born and raised here in BC. I love seeing the mountains. I love the nature aspect of BC. Um, my cousin lives in Ontario, and she's been begging me, to move over there. And I'm like, I don't know if I can give up my mountains. <laughs> yeah. I think
0: you guys yeah. do have it all. You have the beach and the mountains. One of my really good friends from Palm Springs lives up there and she keeps saying, you have to come visit me. Vancouver is just absolutely amazing. So I may make it up there sometime well, in the know, summer.
1: Let me know when you come to town. I'd love to see you in person.
0: Of course. Yeah. I'd love to get a facial from you. So let's dive <laughs> into, into beauty biz talk here. <laughs>
1: Sounds good.
0: How long have you been an esthetician?
1: I've been an aesthetician since um, 2010 is when I graduated. So yes, it's only been six years. Um, I love it, I never, it was never my dream to really go into aesthetics. It was more fascinated by skin and, and makeup. You know, my mom watched made me watch the um, black and white movies when I was younger, so I was always fascinated by the beauty of the industry not realizing what all entailed until I got older. Um, I don't regret my decision getting into the industry. If anything, it just furthered my passion even more. What was your first career? Um, My first real job was McDonald's. (laughs) Oh, and did you go from McDonald's
0: into becoming an esthetician?
1: No, I've... um, worked at McDonald's, Walmart, uh, Markswick Warehouse. My last job before changing careers was at Starbucks. So for 17 years, it was customer service, retail management. Um, It was a job injury that made me decide to change careers. And just using all my business background with um, the other companies, it just made sense to put into a different medium.
0: You know, and it's funny because I would have guessed that you had some type of business administration background because I feel like you know the answer to everything in our Facebook group. <laughs> no, you do. You seem to be just like this wealth of knowledge when it comes to rules and regulations and all that good stuff. So I want to I want to talk a little bit though about where you were when you joined my program because I guess I assumed you had been an esthetician for a while, but you probably dove into that Empowered Esthetician coaching program pretty much as a newbie.
1: I did as a newbie. It was more like um, validation that the stuff that I was already implementing, um, I was already doing. So it was great that when you had the program set up, it was like, okay, well, I'm already doing this. So how can I utilize this even more? Um, Or I'm not doing this, but I want to do this, but I'm not sure the steps. So it just, your program helped put me in the right place. And, you know, especially when you did um, your very first 30-day challenge or 90 day challenge, um, 60 day, Sixty day. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Those are the most fun. I think <laughs> you are <were> close. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did what that three times and, um, it just sort of helped re search the fire and keep growing and changing and making the connections with the other gals in the groups, seeing them make the changes they needed to. And I'm making the changes and having that support especially well, being solo. It's so lonely. You know, I have to say that's one of the reasons I started
0: these coaching programs. And one of the things that I'm the most proud of are the community that it's built because I was, my first real job was that of a flight attendant and everything you did, you learned how to evacuate a burning aircraft in 90 seconds, but it was all based on teamwork and working together. And then I step into a treatment room And the other girls at the first place that I ended up were not super generous with their knowledge. And I go, oh my goodness, I had no idea this career could feel so lonely or would feel so lonely. So you're right. The community part of it, I think is really what helps us grow.
1: Totally. Um, Because, you know, you can't go home and, you know, complain to your husband, you know, you're having a problem with this client or you're trying to make this business decision. Should I do it? Should I not do it? They don't understand as much. And I love my husband and he's very understanding, but it's different when you reach out to a colleague and say, I'm lost. I'm confused. I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. Yeah.
0: And and Facebook's a great place for that too. But I have found I've disconnected from a lot of industry Facebook groups because there's some really aggressive or negative people there. And I choose, I don't do drama. I don't do negativity. So I've kind of removed myself from that part of it. There's a lot of wonderful people. Don't get me wrong. But I noticed that showing up more and more and more, which was another reason why I started some of the groups that I have.
1: Correct. No, I do. And I do agree. I usually stay, stay out of the, the dramatic conversations, or I'll put my two cents in, but I'm very good at using diplomacy about it. It tends to change the conversation. Yeah.
0: For me, I'm like, oh gosh, you know what? I'm going to spend my time where there are warm, welcoming, supportive people. So I am a part of a few groups and, you know, it seems like Facebook maybe even changing. I don't see the attacks happening as much as they used to, but that really was bothersome to me.
1: No, absolutely. I think it's just a lot of people are speaking up about it, that they're afraid to to have conversations. And a lot of them will actually message me privately they're like, I'm afraid to say this in the group, but I know I can trust you. Yeah. So I I
0: what was your first job out of esthetician school?
1: Uh, believe it or not, I rented a room.
0: And how did you build clientele being in a room rental kind of an, you know, all new type career and surroundings for you?
1: I did a crazy fire sale. (laughs) What is a fire sale?
0: Is that like a Groupon or a Daily Deal or?
1: Kinda. It was um, just at the start of the Groupon and Daily Deal craze. Um, So what I did was because I was, uh, I went to nail tech school first and then did my medical aesthetics. So I had a rep that gave me her gel polish um, kit. And she said, I'll give it to you for three weeks. And so what I did was I started posting on Craigslist, um, $10 gel polish manicures. And I booked up solid for like six to eight weeks in advance. The owner of the spa thought I was crazy doing such a deep discount. And I'm like, well, I gotta do something. I've got bills to pay. <laughs> and it worked. Um, it, was, it was a lot of hard work. I worked a lot of extra hours. So I worked seven days a week for a couple of weeks there but I did it.
0: Now, I am not a huge fan of desperate discounting more. I like to create and teach about deliberate type discounting in my program. So let's talk about the negative parts of you doing that and the good parts, like, cause you probably learned a lot from doing something like that. And and then I actually want to know too, let's segue into how do you get somebody who's used to paying $10 for a manicure to pay more for it?
1: Uh, you have to wow them with customer service and education. It's not always going to work, but because my background was customer service, I need to utilize that. Right, give them the the 100% attention, letting them know that's just me that's providing the service versus them being, you know, switch to different other practitioners. Um, being accommodating, uh, I bent over you know, my hours and that just, I could get them in because they wanted the deal because it was a limit time offer. Um, so yeah, you do have to wow them and show that you care and that you're genuine and educate them. I think like back when these daily
0: deals first started, it was a lot different. I did a group on like probably the first month that they came out because one of my clients went to work for them. Mm -hmm. And at that time I never did one again, because to me, the return on my investment of time was not that great at all, but you know, There wasn't deal hoppers then because it was so new. Now I imagine that these people doing it, people come into you once and I don't care how much you wow them with customer service. There are certain people that are just looking for that deal the next week for somebody new on Groupon. So you probably started doing that at the right time.
1: And you did it it at the right time. And yeah, you got to keep some and there were some that you knew you weren't going to keep. You just, you just had that vibe from them that they're just here for the deal and that's it. And that was fine. It's like, great, you're on your own and I'm going to have room for another, for another person that values me.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to step into it. And it's funny, that's really about like paying attention to somebody's vibe. You must be good at that when they walk into your room in all aspects, not just whether you're going to keep them from a deal that you offered or not.
1: Correct. I'm very good about reading people's energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You I am to. too. I
0: swear. Sometimes I can feel, I can hear my clients. Some of them I know by the sound of their shoes or their keychain. I can hear them walking in from the parking lot and I can almost tell what kind of mood they're going to be in before they walk in the door. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's good. It's good to, you know, like step forward and approach them that way. They say one of the best sales tools is to emulate somebody else's energy. So, you know, to be very soft with them or maybe they want to be silly and loud that day. So it it is kind of cool if you have the gift of being able or you can fine tune that gift because I think we all have it when we pay attention to it.
1: Yeah, we do. It's just it's just um, being open and being present. And uh, it does help. You know, I have rose quartz throughout my studio just to keep the energy being positive. I don't want any negativity. And if I get those type of clients, they, they know how to get rid of themselves pretty quickly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's hard to keep anyone in your life, whether it's a husband or a friend or a coworker or a client, if you don't vibe the same way. Yeah, it is. I didn't know Rose Quartz was good for changing the energy to positive. Is that what you use it for?
1: That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. one of the girls in one of my high level mastermind right now is making this amazing skincare line and it's really based on gems and I can't announce it yet, but she just sent me a bunch of rose quartz stuff. So I love that. I didn't even know it had those powers.
1: I'm intrigued. I want to see it.
0: <laughs> I know this is going to be huge when she decides to announce it. So it's coming okay. soon.
1: <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I wonder who I think it is. She's not
0: in the empowered group. She's in my core year long group. Okay. So but I am coming out with a new mastermind next year that I'm excited to share with you guys and empowered and everyone else when it's ready. But I think you'd be a perfect fit for what I'm doing next. So we'll talk about that privately too. And then I'll announce it here on the show when it's ready for entry. But what I do want to ask you is how did you go from renting room? Because my most vivid memory of you on Facebook is the day that you moved into your new place.
1: So from here in Canada, we are not a regulated industry. And I have very high ethical standards. I, the industry here um, is quite scary with it not being regulated, and you don't have to have an education to even fire a laser. So I didn't want to work for uh, an owner that doesn't understand the industry, that doesn't respect the industry. And I wasn't willing to be bullied into doing a procedure that is a contraindication to the client. Um, I just wasn't interested in doing that. So I went, that's why I went on my own. I'd just rather just dive in and build my business on being knowledgeable and forthcoming and being present. I see the word integrity showing up a lot in your world. Big time. Um, I was raised by single moms. My mom said, you know, you have to be honest with with everybody. Um, There's no room for for deceit or deception, and um, I just didn't want to be involved in that type of uh, environment. Um, It's worked for me. It's built my business for being ethical and honest. and because it's not regulated, it puts me in a different limelight compared to the other spas in my area.
0: So I want to talk about that. You, so just so the listeners know, cause I've followed right. your journey. So you go from renting a room into, you opened your own practice, right? right. Okay. So went,
1: you opened from two rooms actually. Okay. And then opened up my clinic. Okay. So I went from a small day spa and then moved into a boutique spa was there for two and a half years and then opened up my clinic five minutes away from my old location. So tell
0: me a little bit about what your place looks like now, because it was so cute, the pictures I got to see on Facebook.
1: Sure. Um, it's 593 square feet, all to myself. Uh, I have a very um, sizable treatment room, and I have a smaller room that I use for skin consultations, and then I've got a very large retail reception uh, I sell a lot of retail, so it was important to have, you know, a, a main um, focal point was retail. Do you have a receptionist, or you're in the the spot it's by yourself? Me. Okay, I do everything. I'm
0: I'm not all Jane of all trades. <laughs> so one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is because I know you've been really involved. There's there a few reasons. I know you've been really involved in the whole regulatory process or trying to get standards set for estheticians in Canada. So I want to talk about that in a second. I also want to talk about the economy that you guys have going on now and what you're seeing and how you're powering through some of the stuff happening in Canada. So first of all, you have your own business. You said you opened this because it set you apart from these people who were not stepping forward. Uh, in, in a way of, I don't know what to say, maybe, you know, a regulated way. What, what is it like how you don't
1: even have to go to school to become an esthetician in Canada? You do not not have to go to school. I can pretty much teach one of my clients, everything that I do, and she can set up shop next door if she wanted to. Do you think Uh, that'll change?
0: Like, is there anything being done or said, or is it being paid attention to?
1: There, there isn't at the at the at the moment. Um, the government doesn't want us regulated because it costs them money. Um, at the same time, when it comes to self-regulation, consumers are not are not do not know that we're not regulated and they're not speaking up. So the only thing that I'm trying to encourage with my Canadian um, esthetician Facebook group is we have a young prime minister who is very open and wants to hear from his people. He wants to know what's going on. And I said, there's 400 of us here. There's for me to write a letter. I have no problem kicking and screaming, making an ass of myself, but there's 400 of us here. 400 letters is a lot more powerful than one person speaking up.
0: Yeah, that's true. So how did you get training to become an esthetician? Is there schools up there that offer this?
1: There are are schools. So I did go to an accredited school that is, um, so I could graduate with a certificate. But there's no government body protecting my certification at all.
0: You so you don't have to take a test, like a state licensing test, when you get out of school nope, there. Not at all. How many hours do you have to go to school to get a certificate? It's
1: about 600. Um, I took the advanced. So mine was twelve hundred.
0: And I know you said earlier you're a medical esthetician. Is that just from your advanced training, or is that something that's recognized? Because in the states, you can have that title, but I guess there's no real testing type.
1: Or it's kind th- of the same here. Like okay. my certificate says certified medical aesthetics practitioner. Does it really mean anything? No, it doesn't. That's just being honest. But because. It gives me the, if I want to work for the, with a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon, I'm more likely to get hired versus an esthetician. So, what? Because I have that advanced skin physiology training.
0: So, what would, I mean, is it completely saturated? Are there estheticians on every corner if it's so easy to step into this type of career?
1: It's fairly saturated depending on which community you're in. It's not too saturated here. We're in my community in New Westminster, um, I mean I'm right in the heart of my competition where my location is, but I don't view them as competition because we do things very differently. So I, if, I, if it's a service that I don't offer, I have no problem sending them to another to another location.
0: What is your profitable passion? you know like what is your your focus and your practice?
1: At the moment, it's I have the observed skin camera. And the PDM skin diagnostic device, Um, that's been a huge game changer in my business for the last eight months. My retail has skyrocketed uh, because clients get to see what their skin really looks like. It shows all the sun damage. It shows the clogged pores. It shows the redness that, you know, we kind of see, but we don't really see.
0: Like the underlying inflammation?
1: Correct. Um, and then the other, the PDM sort of breaks it down, you know, if you're eating past 7pm, you're not absorbing nutrients, which is probably causing some of the redness. Your history of being out in the sun is causing your sun damage. So it's a real eye opener. And uh, clients feel more empowered because they really know what's going on. I'm not just guessing.
0: Wait, I want you to explain this to me. So you have a camera and then what is the next part of it that helps you assess the client situation? Is it a computer program or does the camera have an attachment?
1: The camera is a separate entity. The PDM is from Pistiche and it's a second component. So it's another machine. And um, it goes through 24 lifestyle questions and it sort of breaks it down into uh, PDF file of what's really going on with their skin oh my the
0: goodness client. is this like a massive investment is it four figures five figures like to get these it's, two
1: it's, it's not a huge investment to me i did it um because i wanted to continue to set myself apart from my competition but it's not product it's product neutral right so if they just came to me to do the assessment but then went to the spa across the street it's I'm okay with that because it's teaching it's getting the information that they need. Well,
0: this is where you really get to remove any kind of salesy feeling from your practice. Like you say, this is what's going on and this is how my expertise can guide you.
1: Exactly. Right. Because not not all, they may not be able to afford my products, but the spa across street carries Dermalogica and that's more their budget, which is totally fine. At least it gives them the information to give to their esthetician to say, Hey, This is what I did. This, can you help me create a skincare plan?
0: And do you charge for these assessments? Oh, yes. Very cool. I love this. And you know, I like your energy too, because I think we feel so protective of our clients and so worried about our competition. And the truth of the matter is kind of the more you give, the more you get. I'm finding like if you're sharing this information and being generous in your community, I can't imagine you're not getting it back tenfold.
1: It's definitely helped. You have to be, you have to be open-minded. I've been criticized for being very forthcoming, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not worried about it. You know, it's all, i am always been about karma.
0: Well, isn't that the truth? I wish more people would invest in learning about karma <laughs> because
1: it <laughs> yeah, serves so us in the long run. <laughs> it, it does. And, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger has always been my favorite um, quotes.
0: And I know you really struggled with some family stuff when you stepped into the career, like you, this is you've your accomplishments and we've never talked about your income and we certainly are not going to do it right here and now, but you have become really successful on your own. Like you've made your own dime the whole way. Correct. And you're in a, a failing economy, pretty much like you guys are struggling up there in Canada. You're about 10 years behind, I think, what we went through in 2007, seven, eight, and all that crazy time.
1: It, it BC's actually been pretty good. We're the leading province, economic-wise. Um, we do have, it's the most expensive province also. So I have to be mindful of what I want to charge and what I can get away with charging. They're two different things.
0: Are you um, having people come in? I know when our economy kind of tanked, not kind of, when our economy tanked, I went from having like these movie star clients that were multimillionaires and they were so fearful to spend their money, rightfully so, because the news was making it sound like our whole world was gonna end financially. And I did, I went from overnight having a full book, um, probably a month and a half waiting list to having maybe two or three clients on my book every single day. And that's when I started these coaching programs because I learned so much. Do you feel like this is a period of growth for you education wise or knowledge wise on how to approach clients and success?
1: It's, it's always a growth. You have to, I believe that if you don't educate yourself, um, you're not going to grow. There's many estheticians that haven't been to continuation class in years and it shows. Um, the economy here. I was really worried for 2016 because um, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of like our insurance was going up, our health was going up. I was really fearful of 2016, and I'm actually blown away, knock on wood, how much more profitable I am despite the living in the most expensive province. Um, Well, what would you attribute that to? Like, how do
0: you think you shifted in that? What could have taken over as a mindset of fear?
1: I think because I started the VIP facial club two and a half years ago, and I really use your training about adding value, added services. And I created the facial club as a three tier structure because I also live in a college community as well. And I want to have the three different price points, but also offer discounts for those VIP clients. They're getting discounts on additional services that they may have wanted to try, but didn't try because of cost. Discounts on their home care, because uh, that's expensive, it's an expensive investment. And it's been a win-win situation because clients see the value, they're saving money, they're getting wow treatments, it's, they're getting my attention, it definitely helped. It was a bit of a struggle starting the VIP a couple of years ago, but it's definitely starting to pay off.
0: So you have a membership. You're creating a community in your little uh, aesthetics business up there. Correct. Awesome. And then, you know, that creates loyalty. They look at you as their expert if you're giving them the opportunity to invest. And I do think people, when the economy is failing, really like the word special savings or, you know, bonus treatments, it, it catches their attention and keeps their attention.
1: It's not a group one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, I did. I taught a whole class in the last 60 day challenge, which I don't think you were in that one, but it was the last one, but the the one
1: not this year, but last year was the one last one I did.
0: Okay. I taught a whole challenge on deliberate versus desperate discounting. So you're deliberately discounting to create client loyalty. And I love that. I respect that.
1: No, it it works. Um, It's not, they're not deep discounts. I mean, 15% off home care. I mean, you know, every couple of months a client is buying a whole new regimen. Um, yeah, I I see the discount product being d- discounted, but then I'm like, well, they're investing in themselves, they continue investing in themselves. They're supporting me. Um, it's that loyalty, right? You want I rather reward a loyal client than a than a discount shopper. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I want to ask you a little bit about your products. Do you have to get most of your stuff out of Canada? Like, are you purchasing a lot of your retail products and your equipment from the States?
1: Uh, It's, I was buying a lot of American stuff. Health Canada has become really, really strict, which is one of the reasons why I'm trying to lead a campaign because Health Canada is trying to regulate us, but they have no legislation to do so. it's hurting our industry big time. They're making executive decisions. They don't realize that most of us are self-employed. So they're pulling TCA peels, for example. That killed my business. I lost 70% of my clientele because I could no longer do TCA peels. Okay, so wait,
0: fill us in on this because everyone's going to want to know. What do you mean they pulled? You guys aren't regulated, but people can pull?
1: Health Canada is like your FDA. Okay. So they sort of regulate what ingredients, what products, what machines I have respect for them to a point, but when they make decisions like TCA appeals, for example, we don't know why they pulled it. We suspect somebody did a rogue treatment on a client and it backfired. So, okay, that happens on occasion, but why are you penalizing the whole entire industry?
0: So you can't even get these through customs now? No. Is that Okay. Now, is it hard to get even stuff that's approved through customs, if it's liquid?
1: It's it's a bit of a challenge. Um, there's a lot of... When I compare Canada and the U.S., you guys have way more products at your disposal, way more cool devices. And we are starving for these gadgets. We are starving for these products. And Health Canada puts a roadblock up. They have to go through all this paperwork. And I'm like, but... The ingredient deck is clean; like there's nothing in there that would be a red flag, and a lot of these companies want to do business with us in Canada, but they're they don't want to do all the paperwork, so it's hurting both sides.
0: So, are there like Canadian skincare companies, like specifically? I know I order; I think it's from sure. Eve, Eve Taylor sure. every now and then. I get, and I think they're in Canada.
1: They are. There are there are some Canadian companies up here, but. In my opinion, they're really behind.
0: Is it a lot like, you know, a lot of our equipment comes from China. Is it the same in Canada? Like that's where a lot of your stuff is imported from? Uh,
1: some, not all. We get a lot of like our lasers. Most of our lasers come from the States. Okay. Right. So we just pay a, a huge premium on it because anything that crosses the border is roughly 30% markup automatically. So we pay, we pay dearly <laughs> for oh
0: a lot of stuff. Do you know what the beauty industry generates for income in Canada, like a a yearly gross type?
1: It's It's probably about the same, if not a little bit less than you guys.
0: Wow. So you tell me you're trying to start a campaign, which I think is incredible that you want to be a leader that way. Tell me what your vision for Canada would be if your campaign could step forward and create something or when it steps forward, let's change that and manifest something cool.
1: I Ideally, I want regulation back. I don't want it to be over-regulated. Like I see a lot of like, like California examples. Oh my God. I feel sorry <laughs> for you guys. Yes. You guys are, I call it the no fun state. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> know, I, see- I, I
0: shouldn't say this, but I'm going to share something that's been bothering me for the last few weeks. And it, it's the fact that I, for a long time now we can do led light treatments as long as they're for beautification purposes in our treatment room. But I thought, oh my gosh, I can't use an led light that anyone could go buy at our local drugstore, yet people can go purchase a gun easily and not get fined and lose their business license. And it just like the regulations seem so barbaric for our cosmetology board here. I would love to see some changes.
1: Yeah. And that, that's kind of the same thing. I want I want regulation back, right? Obviously this all the school beauty schools across Canada have to read a curriculum. It needs to be updated. It's really behind. Um If you graduate a school and you decide to want to do microneedling, for example, fine, make sure you get your insurance, make sure you have the demand for it, make that investment, Um, graduate from the course, present your new certificate to the new board. We'll say, great, that's awesome, we wish you great success, we'll see you next year, right? Like, I don't want to be stifling, I just want to that way you get. support that you need that you can advance your career however you wish Um, i would absolutely enforce a 15 or 20 hours of continuing education whatever it is whether it's an accounting program or a marketing program or a Lori creek course for example anything that's going to better your business great i'm all for it within reason obviously right make sure you have the certificates in place like i can't if i'm going to invest in technology, I make sure my insurance gives me the okay to get insured for it. Then I make the investment and take the education.
0: Where are you getting your insurance from up there? Do you have an association like we have ASCP?
1: No, we, we can go through any insurance company.
0: Oh, okay. So it's just like State Farm, so to speak. You can go grab some yeah. insurance there. Um, You know, it's funny. They're
1: much, more, they're much more advanced than, than, our, than our provincial guides. Right? <laughs> so.
0: Well, I... I like how you said, you know, you, you can tell when somebody's had continuing or invested in continuing education. And I, I think we're the, on the same page there. I actually crave it. I just said to one of my employees, I need a class in something. I need a product knowledge class because I haven't had one in a while. I'm always doing business classes, but I crave this continuing education. And I do think that directly affects your level of success.
1: Totally. Because my clients expect it, you know, they, they know, I'm always looking for the newest class, the newest white paper on an ingredient that I'm you know, researching on. Um, they love seeing my displays of certificates on my wall. They love it. I know I'm on top of my of my education.
0: And you probably attract a very professional woman because of that, too. You know, somebody who's like like minded. OK, so let me ask you this. Let's do a little bit of sharing. What is your absolute favorite treatment room? toy gadget or product right now. And I, it may be the camera you mentioned.
1: <laughs> Definitely the observed camera. I do love that device very, very much. Um, it's a great intro because I don't, I don't want to just have someone coming in here wanting a facial. I'm like, Hey, well, let's do an, a con- an advanced consultation. Let's see what's really going on with your skin so we can put your concerns in place right away in my mind I may have a treatment plan already jotted out and products picked out, but then I look at the camera and I'm like, oh, okay, let's do plan B.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that it supports you that way. I'm gonna to have to Google it when we we get off sure. the podcast today. So one more question is well tell me, like what's your favorite product? Like what is something that you find you're selling a ton of and it's pretty universal.
1: Um hyaluronic acid is my favorite ingredient at the moment.
0: Yeah, my girl, Annie, she is an esthetician at my spa, feels the same way you do. She's obsessed with hyaluronic acid right now.
1: I sell quite a bit of hyaluronic acid. (laughs) It's it's, especially up here in Canada because we we get the wet cold. We normally get a lot of rain. uh, So it gets that wet cold. And yeah, I was I sold 18 bottles just before Christmas because everybody's like, my skin's cracking. I'm like, here, take this.
0: Well, I had for the first time in my life. This is probably overly sharing some contact dermatitis, and I could not. I had an allergic reaction to a blanket, and I could not get it to go away. And I really contribute the the healing of it, quite a bit of it, to the hyaluronic acid that I carry from a certain skincare line. It yep. does seem to just nourish and heal the skin more so than any pharmaceutical I tried or anything crazy like that.
1: Yep. No, the, definitely for hyaluronic acid and, of course, internal omega 3s. It's so important as we're, most of us are deficient in omega 3s.
0: So I want you to, I'm going to not keep you all day long because I know that you're a I busy thought- gal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I find the busier people are, the more they like to chat. I had my friend Dr. Mark Moni on here who's a plastic surgeon, and he stayed at home that morning from his surgery center to do the podcast with me. And I was trying to speed him up, and he's like, "No, I don't want to go yet." And I'm like, "Shoot, I don't have any more questions for
1: him. It's my day off today." So, I'm oh, okay. very cool. What else are you going to do on your day off? Um, my hubby wants to go see a movie, so we're going to do a movie date this afternoon.
0: Awesome. Very cool. I'm actually, today is my day off and kind of, I never really take a day off, but I am getting a facial bed delivered to my home to set up a little home spa. So it's like that one piece that you get how boring is a facial bed, but it's like the most exciting part of my newfound business that I'm getting ready to create. There
1: you go. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The little things that get us excited,
0: right? I know it is <laughs> the little beauty biz tools and techniques and all that stuff. So share with me the people listening in, because I've watched you grow and I've watched you grow what I consider to be rather quickly for a woman in business and creating a small biz and, you know, a world that really doesn't support small businesses at this time. Give me three tips that you would share with a fellow beauty biz practitioner listening in.
1: Uh, my number one is definitely faith. I'm not talking about religion per se. Um, but if you, you know, if you feel like you need to use um, religion, absolutely. Um, faith in yourself. Believe in yourself. It's it's hard when you don't have the support from family and friends. You have to believe in yourself. Um, do your homework. You know, find out what's new and exciting on in the beauty industry. Even if you are not allowed to practice the the technique, but learn that. Empower yourself so you can at least educate your clients on it because they're going to come to you and ask you about you know, IPL or fractional facial treatments. They're going to ask you questions. So it's, when it's important to know what you're telling your clients. Um, find a mentor and that support, whether it's, you know, Lori, me, another colleague that across the country. I have several colleagues that I, that I, re- that I consider my mentors and I reach out to them because um, they specialize in a certain, technique or a certain product or have the same thought process. Um, I reach out to them all the time and ask questions and vice versa. Uh, it's it's important to create that community, even if it's from several sources.
0: It should be from several sources, I think, because everybody has a different view, opinion, different resources to share. So I, I think that yeah, the more people you can actually get in your world as a mentor and reciprocally give back to them when they need the support it that also is a way to you know another way to just really speed up your level of success one of my mentors is a woman who rents from me in my spa in LA she's been an esthetician for 25 years she does not have a website she does not and she's booked solid all day long making well into the six figures and I just love watching her run her business she to me is fascinating that's awesome single mom of a, of a 16 year old girl powering through living in a crazy expensive city so she I love the way she does things and the way she views her clients and her business it's, it's important to have somebody there that inspires you and motivates you and shares resources with you
1: it does it's, it's it makes it not feel so lonely yes <laughs> being solo is very is a very very lonely world but when you create and connect with other um, like-minded colleagues, it's not so lonely any, anymore.
0: Well, Katie, thank you so much for sharing your Canadian beauty biz scoop with us. I couldn't wait to get thanks, you on the Lori. show because I know <laughs> you guys do things a little differently than we do here. And I always like to see what's going on in other parts of our beauty biz
1: world. Yeah. And thanks for for having me. And um, it was such an honor to to come on and, and share with everyone else what's like up here in Canada.
0: Well, keep on doing what you're doing, Katie. And thank you so much for your time today. And I'll see you in the empowered group. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. Take care. Have an awesome day off. Okay. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to live beautifully. If you'd like a copy of my free report, six simple strategies to generate a dramatic increase in your beauty biz income and fill your appointment book with valuable clients, please visit www.lauricrete.com. Or if you'd like to book an appointment at my spa in Los Angeles, please visit www.thespa10.com. Thanks again for tuning into the beauty biz show.